0: Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate.
1: Okay. Uh, Is it morning? Afternoon? It's morning. It's still morning? I've honestly lost track. Uh, (laughs) Dylan here, everyone. We're in another episode of the More Than More podcast. This is rapidly becoming my favorite thing to do. Um, if I could do this as a full-time job, I would, but there's other things to do as well. I'm obviously here with Jessica Gilligan. You want to say yeah. hi? Hello. I, I was just trying to remember your, your former name. Was it Miller? It was. Yes. Yeah. Cause I knew you as that for quite some time yeah, and couple of years. this took me a while to get used to, but now, now I couldn't even remember what it was. Has it been two years since you got married?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Can I tell you a weird story?
0: Sure. <coughs> I'm not a creeper.
1: I promise. But I was, uh, in prepping for this, I, I was like, man, like, what's she been up to? So I jumped on your Facebook page, um, and Rob's, just to, like, see, because I, I couldn't remember your, your kid's name. Gia, right?
0: Yes.
1: Did I say it right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, just trying to remember how long it's been and, like, how old she was and uh, trying to remember. But I, I went to both of your pages. You both still have your wedding photos as your profile pics. They're really cool. And then I played your – do you have more than one – wedding video or was it just the one where it starts with a bunch of engineers or something or sitting in a room or
0: yeah a bunch of accountants are at a bar yes um yeah that's the (laughs) the main like five minute wedding highlight video and then there was also like a one minute video
1: it was so good it was I mean I'm pretty jealous I had nothing like that when I got married
0: yeah that was something I had to sell Rob on he was like we don't need a videographer like not, a, not everyone was doing videographers at that point, And I'm like, yeah. no, I think this is going to be a really cool way to like relive our wedding day. Um, and he hasn't watched it near as many times as I have.
1: You do this like every week? <laughs>
0: <laughs> not anymore, but in the beginning I did. And then it's been fun, like on our anniversary to watch it and just,
1: uh, I think that day. was such a cool, I don't know what you spent. it. I don't want to know, but <laughs> <laughs> such a cool investment because I mean, I think out 50 years, like showing that to your grandkids and stuff, it's. I have none of that sort of, we had some, I think I had my, my wife's sister's fiance at the time with like a crappy cheap Sony recorder in the back. And most of it didn't even work because he had to change out a cassette tape off. This I'm dating myself now. (laughs) Anyway, you guys had a super cool wedding. Um, Those were very fun photos and videos and, um, but it's been two years.
0: Yes. 2019 right before the pandemic. We left out.
1: And in the meantime, you guys have made a human being.
0: Yes. Gio was born in November, so she's three and a half months now. How's that going? It's good. Yeah. Getting a decent amount of sleep most nights, and yeah, she's fun. Three and a half.
1: Yep. Yeah, so what's that? It's hard for me to remember back yeah. that far.
0: So she's working on rolling over. She's grabbing things and putting them in her mouth. She smiles. She's laughed at us a couple of times, so that's really fun. That's fine. Having more of a personality.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, congratulations and congratulations. I guess. Thank you. <clears throat> so, hey, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Jessica uh, Miller Gilligan. Um, it's been six years since h- how long? Twenty sixteen. It was five 17? years in November. So, okay. yeah. Good and luck. and last year you uh, I think you were top ten agents at the end of the year with. Uh, Oh, what did it end up be? Is it close to $15 million in production?
0: That sounds right.
1: Yeah, which was a 35%. I hate to start with all these numbers, but just to give people context uh, of why I'm sitting with you here, because you had an absolutely remarkable fifth year. Um, how did that feel?
0: felt good, yeah. I brought on Meredith as an assistant last year, um, so that was huge. And Is that oh. your
1: first team member?
0: I had another assistant for a couple of months at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Yeah. Um, she had another job at the time, so it just, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, first real team member that stuck. Um, so yeah, it was amazing what we were able to get done and that we were able to have work-life balance too. I, didn't, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Still had a lot of fun. <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> Which with, was it?
1: <laughs> you think so or you did?
0: There were days, um, which I feel like that's real estate overall. Yeah. Um, It's just, yeah. That's what you sign up for. Right. When it rains, Mm. it pours. So there are weeks um, or days that are jam-packed, but um, also days and weeks that are a little bit slower. And I feel like with this market too, and when homes are listed and how quickly they go pending, I didn't feel like I was doing a lot on the weekends Mm. um, this past year. So that was kind of different having my busiest year but feeling like good thing yeah absolutely
1: yeah why would you be having less less busyness on weekends
0: a lot of times homes were listed on thursdays or fridays so showed them then and even if they weren't reviewing offers till sunday um you know i might be writing an offer up on sunday but not out showing houses Mm. all day
1: makes me think about the car industry um i don't know why or how they did this but they shut down sundays
0: yeah
1: do you know when that happened i
0: I don't know that. There's some story because it must be yeah. a law,
1: and uh, obviously because it's statewide, uh, is it uh, maybe even nationwide? But imagine no one was allowed to sell real estate on Sundays. We could all get that day back, or yeah, Saturday, or maybe nice. even Wednesdays would work.
0: Yeah, yeah, pick a day.
1: No, that's fun to hear. So, look, just to tee it up, you had a, you obviously had an incredible year. Um, Fifteen million dollars of sales was like far more than I could have ever imagined selling when I was selling. It's fun to see the numbers you guys are hitting. Can I ask this? Did you, when you jumped in, did you imagine selling that much real estate?
0: No, not at all.
1: It wasn't the goal.
0: It was not the goal. I think before getting into real estate, I thought like if I could sell 12 houses a year, year, just find one person a month that needed to buy or sell, like I'd be good. Um, So yeah, every year I thought, Oh, like this was a great year. If I could do it again. Awesome. If I could do a little bit more, even better and every year that's happened.
1: Yeah and so I know we chatted before you're like well I don't even know what I have to share or what are we going to talk about but somewhere in your story there's some secret sauce because you've obviously done something right to to build that steadily Mm -hmm. up to that to that volume and um, I'm interested to dig into that a little bit because I think there's a there's a fun story there and how you've done your business uniquely and um, but I'm going to start with something a little different here. This um, Do you have like A, you know the Buffini A plus, A, B, right? Yep. So A plus clients, right? They're, what what defines an A plus client in your head?
0: People who have sent multiple okay. referrals. That's
1: the technical version. Yes. Yep. Um, what else makes someone an A plus?
0: I think like the people that are cheerleaders like on social media too, yeah. like anytime they... See some sort of award or, yeah, see something that I post that they find helpful real estate-wise. They're, like, the first to like it or comment on it or send me a message.
1: Advocates is the word we use. Yeah. Um, Well, that sort of answers the question the way I was thinking about it. But let me me throw this at you. Uh, When not just me, when a lot of our team members think of, okay, we don't rank our agents. Let me be super clear about that for anybody (laughs) listening. We really don't like all of them are our clients We love them all. They're all different. We've got all kinds of quirky people here. Um, But uh, there are certain agents that are producing that are super low maintenance that are coachable, that listen, that follow the ideas that we throw out there that um, uh, are doing it and doing it well and they're just A-plus agents inside of our company. And you're that. So, uh, no, I mean that sincerely. Like, you, you've done this really, really well. You've also needed very little guidance and support. I think you've, you've been a sponge. You've soaked everything in. And um, you, you're not doing anything from the outside that's, like, super crazy or fancy. Or there's no, like, I don't know, Michael Jackson dance moves, Right. You're just consistently building a relational business, which I think is super, super cool. So um, that's why I'm excited to talk to you, even though you might not think you have a ton to share. Yeah. Does it make any sense?
0: It does. And you saying that, that, yeah, makes me think more about my A-plus clients. I guess even if they're not sending me referrals, but people that I've worked with that are like A-plus, a I pleasure to- pleasure to work with, yes. right? Yes. And I've found that over the years, just how much easier- It is to to work with certain people, um, yeah, that are just upfront and honest about what they're looking for. It makes it easier. And like what their goals are and their timeline, it makes it easier to accomplish, um, people that know me and trust me already. They can just say like, what would you do? I can kind of give them a pro con and we can move on quickly, um, rather than some people that I work with that I just don't have that connection with. And it seems like everything's a little bit more of a challenge.
1: Yeah. Well, you have been an A-plus agent, and you had an A-plus year, and I think that's incredibly cool. And so can we dig in? Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Maybe well, before we talk real estate, and your, uh, we were talking about this before. I've learned so much just digging into people's stories and parts of it that I didn't know, but parts of it that I forgot. And there's so much that these discussions have taught me, and I think others. Look, you mentioned you've been listening to a bunch of these It's just interesting how much we learn from each other's stories. So go back to the beginning. Uh, Before real estate, you were in... Well, let's go right right back to the beginning. Where are you from?
0: I'm from... I grew up for the most part in Ankeny. Ankeny girl. Yep. Graduated from Ankeny when there was just one high school. Um, Then I went to University of Iowa. I always... think well, like my goal was to have my own business someday, but I had no idea what I wanted to do.
1: Why were your, were your entrepreneurial background, your parents or. Yeah.
0: My dad has his own business. So I saw how. What does he do? Uh, he does dirt work construction. Okay. So he loves his job. He describes it as like, he feels like a kid playing in a sandbox every day and he's been doing it for 40 years. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, that was always kind of a goal, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. So. I went to Iowa, studied business, ended up with an accounting and finance degree. Yeah. I kind of got pushed the CPA route, so that's what I did. Um, I was an auditor for one of the accounting firms in Des Moines.
1: As a CPA. Yeah. Yeah. I remember our first meeting talking about, uh, thinking about accounting, transitioning into real estate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh. there are some things that I transferred over. <laughs> well, I'd like, it. yeah,
1: I'm interested to hear what those are. Um, and so, okay, I interrupted though. So, you are acting as an auditor for—is this Deloitte then? Or? Yep, Deloitte. Okay. What does that even mean?
0: Um, so, my client was Mid American Energy, okay. um, which is part of Berkshire Hathaway Energy, um, which they obviously have shareholders that want to know that their financials are accurate. So, we were auditing their financials to make sure what they were sending their shareholders was accurate.
1: I mean, no disrespect, but that sounds horribly boring.
0: I enjoyed it. I really liked the people that I worked with. It's a lot of young, fun people, so that's what makes it bearable. Um, but You hear that? I do. Someone's yeah, celebrating. <laughs> <you don't know. laughs> um, There's a party going on somewhere here. Yeah. So, yeah, it was long hours. It was a lot of staring at the computer. Um, as nice as you are as an auditor, not everyone likes you. <laughs> like Usually the client isn't happy to see the auditor. Um, so this is
1: a negative context,
0: not necessarily, but usually we were like asking them for information that they had to pull together yeah. when they had higher priorities. Um, so you, you yeah. did feel like a bit of a bother to most of the people we were working with. Um, but
1: the numbers part you love, you, that's your, that's your I gym. do like
0: the numbers. Yeah. But looking at a computer all day, every day,
1: wasn't your gym. Right. Well, you're incredibly relational. So, but you said you like the people in that space?
0: Yeah, the Deloitte people that I worked with and some of the client interactions too. Mm-hmm. There are only a handful that you didn't really want to go into their office. But,
1: well, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's insightful. Like w- what we deal with is people looking, well, buying is certainly fun and exciting and a positive starting point. I suppose having to sell your house isn't always positive. Right. Okay so you're you're an auditor. You're way smarter than me when it comes to numbers. Like no seriously, spreadsheets and numbers is not my thing. So I'm always impressed by people like you that are oh, you like a really high fact finder then? Do you know your call me?
0: I do and yes, I think fact finder is the like highest. Yeah. Name yeah.
1: Name. That makes sense as an accountant. Okay, so you're 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 an entrepreneurial inclined cuz Dad maybe injected that into your world a little bit. Yep. You're acting as a CPA, you're loving it, not loving it. What makes you make a transition?
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying the people that I'm working with. Not really loving what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and more so not seeing myself there long-term, which no one really sees themselves um, in the public accounting world long-term. Only the really crazy people do. So I knew all along that I wouldn't be there forever, but I was also looking at my clients' jobs um, and their accounting finance roles, and I couldn't see myself switching to something like that either. And it was around the same time that I was buying a townhouse. Um, So just kind of going through that process I started to think more about real estate. I had always been interested in real estate but had never considered being a realtor as a career. Who were you working with? Um, Steph Reed. Okay yeah. Which I, I looked at one place. I called the sign. Like I didn't know her before and I bought the first place that I saw on the day I saw it. Um, so me thinking like oh this is something I could do. Easy money. Right. I thought that it was going to I knew it would be more challenging, but not <laughs> as many challenges as I now know.
1: No one believes it. You know, we sit down with so many people and we always have the same conversation about how challenging this really is. And I think everyone hears it, but they have experiences like the one you described and they're like, well, yeah, sure, whatever. But I, yeah, can do this,
0: this happens all the time. So I can yeah. for sure sell 12 houses a year if I have one sign in the ground and people so a call positive
1: it. experience, but just like way easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're like, I can do this better than Steph. Um,
0: (laughs) No, I did not think that. Steph was awesome. And I think I was like, oh, like Steph's a very like personable. Like Mm. I, I don't know. I just kind of like related to her and I could see myself doing this.
1: Okay, so then what? You start?
0: Yeah, the wheels start turning. I start doing some Googling about becoming a realtor. Um,
1: As any eight fact finder would.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like read every article. Okay. Um, I also, I haven't shared this with many people, but I'll put it on the podcast. I got a performance review at Deloitte that it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I expected or what I had seen in the past. So um, I was disappointed huh. to get the feedback that I wasn't doing as well as I was. And so that kind of got me thinking too, like, I'm not doing great at this. Like, why Why stick around any longer? Um,
1: is that like, uh, is that a common thing for you? Are you, it almost sounds like an achiever or a, are you a one or a three or what are you, you I not? have not done the Enneagram. Okay. Um,
0: I think probably more of a one than a three.
1: Perfectionist, want to get things right. You only right. get A's and A pluses and anything less than that's offensive.
0: Somewhat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how. I can be hard on myself if I, Yeah. yeah don't think I did my best. Okay. Um, So yeah, that was kind of going on at the same time. And then um, we were going to be entering a busy season in the fall. And maybe this goes along with being a one. I don't know enough about the Enneagram, but I didn't want to let people down, leaving at a bad time. Um, so that's when I kind of felt like it, it has to be now or not until a year from now. Yeah. So that's when I started figuring out when I was taking my real estate classes, when I was going to put in my two weeks, when I was going to start talking to brokerages. Out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think by the time I met with century 21, I had already quit my job and you were like, Oh, you're really doing this. <laughs> like there's no talking you out of it.
1: <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah. Cause we met in Urbendale, If I recall, where did we meet?
0: No, we met here actually was here. Yep. Okay, you showed up late. No. Yeah.
1: Why did I have an excuse
0: you were coming from Ames? I forget what your excuse. Did was. I apologize. You did. Okay. Yeah,
1: well, I apologize again <laughs> A conversation couldn't have been that bad. So did you meet with multiple brokers or what I was did?
0: Your, uh... Yep. Yeah I met with a handful of brokers Someone at my licensing class had mentioned Century 21, and I was like, oh, maybe I should just, I guess, Packfinder maybe, like, better meet with them, too, even though I thought I knew where I was going. Oh, we were
1: late to the party. Yes. And I was late to the meeting.
0: Yep, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so last brokerage I met with, thought I had already decided where I was going, um, and then I, I left this meeting, and... Called my now husband and was like, yep, this is where I'm going if they'll have me.
1: You and Rob were engaged at the time or dating? Just dating, yeah. Okay. So can I ask what it was about Century 21?
0: So other brokerages I had met with, um, I felt like it was very much sink or swim, which is what I expected Mm -hmm. based on my research that I had done. Um, So then when I met with you and Angela and you laid out the two-year roadmap, Mm. Extremely impressed by that, like oh, these people are actually going to help me succeed. And then a big thing, like where I went from thinking, like I hope I can sell twelve houses a year to maybe I can do more than this. Is I think you had said, like oh, you're from Inkeny, so you know people, right? And I mm. said yeah, and you were like, do they like you? I'm like, I think so. So then we just need to get them to trust you, um, and then you introduced me to the purple cow and yeah. the whole remarkable experience thing. And that just like totally changed my mindset on how I was going to do this business.
1: That's fun to think back to that. We don't bring up the purple cow enough anymore. We talk about the remarkable client experience, mm-hmm. but we've, uh, we moved on from Seth Godin. Yeah. I need to bring that back in. Yeah. So why did that resonate?
0: I think because I am a very relational person and growing up in Inkeny and having worked in yeah. downtown, or having worked in um, Des Moines and starting to know people like at the time, my friends were just starting to maybe think about buying their first house. So thinking like, oh, if I can connect with these people that I know and help them buy their first house and have a great experience, they'll know other people that are going to be doing this in the next few years.
1: And is that what happened? Like, uh, so you, you come on board. What, what, when is it? What time of the year? November. Okay. Which, by the way, do you think that's a good or a bad time to start? Looking back.
0: I think it's a good time to start. Yeah. I think starting in a slower time, getting your system set up. um, And there, I mean, there's a lot of systems here at Century 21 just to get a grasp of. So having some time to get the hang of that. um,
1: Yeah. No, I feel like it's uh, bumping your shins a little bit through, well, just taking it all in for a couple months. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously it's great to start in April because that's when there's actually buyer leads, right? But you just don't know what you're doing. So I've always said, and I probably said this to you, starting right then actually is the perfect time. So by the time you get to February, when things start to show up, you kind of know your way around a little bit. Yeah. So what was that like? Tell me about the first year. Good, bad, slow?
0: It was good. Um, I can't really remember the first couple of weeks what I was doing then, um, but I think I was like two weeks in when you called me and said, hey, there's a top agent that's looking for a buyer's agent. And I don't think I wanted to tell you no, but I was very unsure about it because, again, my online research and another broker that I had met with had pitched the team idea to me. And based on what I had seen online and heard from the other broker, it just did not appeal to me at all. And I think you said, like, wait a second, we want to make sure that this is fair for everyone. Um, The agent, like, I I think you'd get along well with the agent that's looking for a buyer's agent. Uh, Maybe you should just meet with him. So I did, and that was a couple weeks in. I met with Ethan um, and quickly changed my mind on the team setup. Hmm. Um, So joined Ethan's team.
1: This is in early 17.
0: Yeah, end of 16, early 17. So pretty much right away. You're just a
1: few weeks in.
0: Yep. Um, And, yeah, decided to join his team, and that was great.
1: Well, let's talk through it, though, because, I mean, that was an interesting chapter for you. So, obviously, um, you know we're not – We're a company that's about helping people build their own businesses. Mm -hmm. This team thing is also a beautiful space because it creates an opportunity for certain people to be mentored. And uh, I I, I like the word apprenticeship. I think the best way to learn this business is like hand in hand with someone that's already doing it. But uh, your role with Ethan was pretty much, it was like very being a converter almost. You were like a buyer's, were you a buyer's agent? Is that what your title was?
0: Yep, yeah. And I also, he didn't have an assistant at the time, so yeah. I was doing some assistant work. Which is pretty early
1: on, because Ethan had only joined us recently before right, that, and he yeah. was ramping up pretty quick. He didn't yep. have a team at that point. Right. You were the first thing, right? Yep. Um, so you were mostly, wor- I'm trying to recall, you were working online leads mostly, weren't you?
0: Yeah, yep. So at the time, Ethan had done a lot of Facebook marketing, and he had all these leads coming in that... I don't think he could keep up with. Yeah. Um, so when I started, I don't know how many hundred leads were just sitting there. Um, so, yeah, I started Is calling. that exciting
1: or overwhelming?
0: Overwhelming, yeah. And I, I'm not a converter. Yeah, um, not your jam. so Right. So I dreaded it every day like having to cold call these people or text or email them again um but I did sell quite a few houses Mm -hmm. out of those leads um so it was a great way to get started
1: it's a big deal I mean having having just even if it's not in your archetype people to well it's like Jason talked I think you said you listen to his it's getting your reps in Exactly. I mean, being able to show houses right away is just a big deal for a new agent, but it wasn't your jam. So like incubating those probably was just draining or like, what is it that makes you not a converter?
0: Yeah, it it was draining. I get nervous around people that I'm not comfortable with and can be awkward. So yeah, I'm not great at following a script either. Like with making those phone calls. Um, was Ethan st- giving
1: you scripts to follow or just guiding you a little bit or like how that go out?
0: I think he did have scripts. And yeah. he wasn't like, you have to follow this. It was just kind of something to go off of. Um, but I wouldn't really follow the script at all because I yeah. wanted to be like genuine, but then I maybe wouldn't get what I needed out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I still was able to sell some houses out of it. And it was nice because I didn't tell those people like, hey, I'm brand new. I just started like this is my first sale. Um, so it was kind of nice that my guinea pigs didn't know I was guinea pigs.
1: Because uh, if they'd been friends or family, like, they would they have known. They
0: knew I was brand new. Yeah. yeah. And it looked good to my friends and family who were like, hey, she just got licensed and she's already selling these houses. So it gave me some credibility too, I think.
1: Well, getting the reps in, like learning how to do the basics of showing and writing an offer and negotiating is a big deal. But this other thing you're bringing up is a big deal too, like is back to the trust thing. So people like you and they trust your character because they've been friends with you for a long time. They know you're a good person. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, in the first year, they're like looking at you going, "Yeah, I'm going to buy a house with you." Look, you don't I know you're brand new. You were mm-hmm. you were sitting next to me in an accounting office just 6 weeks ago. <laughs> right. So it seems like that first year so much of it is demonstrating momentum and credibility. And that's why like the magic of of year 3, which we always talk about, really isn't magic there's just a whole bunch of components going on you're getting better and more efficient you're figuring out how to actually get your reps in and you you not you you're actually better at getting people to the finish line but also all the people that know you that are watching mm-hmm. are starting to gain confidence as they and and so whether it's referring or trusting you with their business I, yeah i just feel like a lot of people are on the sidelines watching new agents that first year so The reason this is important to me is getting an alternate source of leads in that first year, even if it's not inside of your long-term archetype, Mm -hmm. seems like a good business strategy for new agents in the first year.
0: Yes, I agree. And even though I'm not a converter and I don't want to be a converter, I think still learning some of those scripts and conversations, it's still good to have no matter what archetype you're in.
1: 100%. So your first year, do you remember your numbers?
0: I don't remember them exactly. How'd you do?
1: Was it, did you get, did you get your 12?
0: I did get my 12 and I think it was around the year mark, um, that I was like, yeah, I can make a career out of this or I can make a living out of this. It's going to (laughs) work. Up until then
1: you were just, it was a question mark? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was just nervous and I had, yeah, heard that the first six months are the hardest and they were, it took some time to, I, I think my first paycheck was three or four months in. Yeah. Um yeah, I wasn't so sure of myself.
1: It makes me think about those meetings that we have with all these new agents. And we're pretty honest. But the problem is, as a brand new accountant, like sitting, brand, well, you're not a brand new accountant, you're a good <laughs> accountant, CPA, but you don't know anything about real estate. And so we drown you in information about what to be aware of, but you don't know what you don't know. So most of it just bounces off. It makes me think about what we could do even better to uh, help new agents really count the cost and understand. Like maybe even a crash course they need to go through for a a couple weeks to really hear from a bunch of agents about their first year experience. or Mm -hmm. Maybe we could have them listen to a bunch of these. We'll see. So you you get through the first six, and you would agree those were the hardest. Yeah. Okay? You get to year one, you gain some confidence. Yeah. And are you generating some of your own business alongside what you're doing on the – Elite side?
0: Yep. So that probably, I mean, I think there were a couple there in the first six months, but it was probably around the six month mark that I started realizing, um, yeah, people I already know are starting to trust me and use me and refer and started realizing that those were the transactions that I enjoyed more and it became a little bit easier, um, just like what I was describing before, just kind of being more of like the A plus type clients Mm -hmm. that already... New liked and, oh, like and trust you man yep. we said that so many times it's <laughs> like it's a
1: script now isn't yeah, it yeah yeah <clears throat> um so when at some point you step out of ethan's team then and go solo do you remember when that was i
0: think it was spring of 2018 yep
1: okay so that was a good a good year and a half almost two yep. years
0: yeah a year and a half
1: okay so lessons learned through that, I mean, you said some scripts, obviously the reps that you got in, um, it seems like it helped you get started.
0: Absolutely. I almost
1: feel like, you know, a guy like Ethan almost deserves, well, I, I won't put words in your mouth, but yeah, it's um, some, some props to, uh, uh, I think you would have got where you are one way or the other, but it's fun to have a context like that to get started and learn from somebody else. I'm curious what your takeaway was from those two years.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I... I've met with a couple of, they're now agents, but agents before they've gotten into the business. And I've told them that I do think that the apprenticeship or team is the way to go. Yeah. Um, for a few reasons, like, yeah, just getting some clients to start out with, kind of as your guinea pigs. Um, having a mentor, someone that has some skin in the game, I guess, that, like, you don't feel bad asking questions to. Um, so it was nice, especially with Ethan being an agent that always takes the higher. Oh, so yeah, I, I never wanted to do anything that I wasn't 100% sure of. So I reached out to Ethan plenty of times. I was talking with him in the office like, this is what I think I should do or this is how I think I should advise my clients. Like, what are your thoughts? Is that right? And he yeah. would tell me if I was right on track or if there was something else. Um, so that was great, just to have more confidence in everything that yeah. I was doing. Um,
1: no, I, I think you've said it. It's... Uh it is a great way to get started. It's not the only way, and I think there's pros and cons with it, but that was your chapter, and I think it worked out for both you and him. He he had a team member to work some of that business, and you got your quote-unquote, re- I'm always going to say this now, got your reps in. So yes. We'll, TM and that was Jason, Jason Mickelson owns that. <laughs> but.
0: Um, with the assistant work too, I was able to get more reps in because um, they weren't my clients but just doing some of Ethan's, like dollar were, stuff or seeing things he was doing.
1: You were doing admin work as well.
0: Yeah on his it. business yeah okay yeah
1: okay so you step out you decided that basically the business you procured was the more fun and it the yeah be, the better business to work right um and that's that's coming into your third year basically talk to me uh, there to now how's it been i mean in terms of a path
0: yeah, every, every year has been better than yeah. the last, um, which I think is what happens when you're working by referral. Your web or your net just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so hope that continues to happen. But I haven't, I haven't paid for any leads. Like 90% of my business has been referral. Um, do a little bit of relocation and every once in a while get like a signed call or someone who just says they found me online. But those are few and far between.
1: It's working. So, just out of curiosity, because I want to, I want to dig into um, your secret sauce a little bit. <clears throat> but before we go there, what what are you working on now? Like, what's uh, what's twenty twenty two all about?
0: Twenty twenty two, say all about balance, um, really? having a new baby. Yeah, which I think a lot of agents are trying to find balance. Yeah. Um But yeah, I just want to to make sure that I'm spending as much time with baby as I can, and not feeling distracted in my time with her. So just trying to be efficient and use my time wisely. Um, I have Meredith again helping. We're working on getting systems in place. So I kind of, I want my business to be as systematized as it can be while still making it personal and like making it so that my clients don't really realize how systematized it is. Like I want them to still feel like they're getting a personalized experience.
1: Can you give me an example of how you do that?
0: So a big thing we started doing last year, I had already done some of it, but it's just like templating as much as possible. So if it's a common question um, or a common step in the process, making sure we already have an email ready to go or a text ready to go and being proactive with that. Um, Something that I'd like to do this year that Gina Swanson mentioned in her podcast was the loom. So yeah. Like things that I explain a lot, doing a screen recording, like talking through paperwork and doing the voiceover with that. Um, there's a lender in town that does a lot of that. So ever since I've been working with him, I've thought I need to re- do more videos. Um, so that rather than explaining this, every transaction, I can just send a video and then people can listen to that as many times as they want.
1: Have you started that?
0: I haven't. It's on my to-do it's list. It's on the list. It's 2022 <laughs> goal.
1: And is that uh, like what's Meredith's function? Uh, what's her title or role, or what's she working on?
0: Yeah, we don't have a fun title for her. We need one. Um, but yeah, partner in c- crime, right hand gal. Uh, so <laughs> she works. got her real estate license last summer. So I tell my clients she can do anything that I can uh, fill in the gap. She's
1: a licensed assistant. Yes. Not selling independently. Right. Right. But if she does. She ever do showings and stuff for yep, you? And okay.
0: Yep. She's yeah. Kind of done it all, especially while I was trying to take a bit of a maternity leave. She got thrown in a bit.
1: Well, um, that's a realization I've had in the last several weeks. We're talking with a lot of people about different team structures and like what's first, what's second. And obviously, I think admin's first. I mean, just 10 hours a week of just some additional support, right? Just to stretch your... your. And so I think admin is first. But then when we talk about other team structures, like buyer specialists or expanding out or all sorts of things... It seems to me that for a top producing agent the highest bang for the buck the greatest leverage that you can have first is actually a licensed assistant. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's limitations to what they can do, but all of a sudden they can engage in specific assistance, they can work on documents, they can handle showings for you. Mm-hmm. The one thing they can't do in our walls is like independently sell real estate, but um so how long has she been licensed and how is that working for you as a model?
0: Yeah, she got licensed in July, okay, early so July, I believe.
1: It's recent. Yep. But you got a good six, seven, eight months. Um, yeah, how's it working?
0: It's been good. I She hasn't done a ton that requires a license. Yeah. It's just nice to know, again, because I want to provide that personal experience, and most people that I'm working with know me, or they were referred to me, um, so I, I feel like I should be the one showing them or they should definitely be seeing the most of me. So I try to be at everything that I can. Yeah. But it's nice um when we need to be in two places at once. I introduced Meredith. They know who Meredith is um, and she can step in.
1: Have you systematized that? Like is she, I was imagining looms. I mean, it seems like one of the steps would be a a really good marketing introduction to your team then early on in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right now, a loom would be great. Right now, um, it's usually brought up at the buyer consultation or seller consultation. And then usually like the first email that I'm sending like when they're under contract, just reintroducing her and copying her on that so they know that she can help them out with anything as well.
1: No, it's, 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 um, I'm excited to see how that evolves. Um, systems and balance are the two things that you said there. Um, I asked about the systems. I didn't ask about the balance. So, um, what, how does that even work in this environment? Right? Like you got to be so reactive to all your buyers. What does that look like for you? You're trying to be home for certain times. Is this about weekends, evenings? What's the goal?
0: The goal is, yeah, to not miss the bedtime routine. Um, That's a big So, one. yeah, being home by seven at the latest. Um, I think this market is tough. And I feel it is the spring market, but I feel like it's not the spring, spring market. Meaning not, it's going to get even worse? Yes. Yeah. So, I think um, when it does get worse, I'll probably try and figure out something with Meredith where I say, yeah. like, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I'll show I'm available until seven, but like if people want to see something on Tuesday or Thursday after five, can you do it?
1: You got to be intentional. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause yeah, like, like we've both said, it's uh this is the most frantic market I've, I've experienced in 20 years and, so many agents that have done such a good job of systematizing their business to gain freedom have lost some of that freedom all of a sudden because yeah. you have to be uh, willing to go at the drop of a hat, right? Yeah. For every buyer, every time.
0: Yes, and I think something that I've gotten better with over the years. I used to like know that most people work in eight to five, so I would say like, "Hey, are you available at five thirty to see this house?" Um, just really trying to accommodate their schedule. And now I'll ask them like, "Could we do a lunch hour or?" do you have time? And most, most of my clients are happy to do that because they do have a lunch break and they do know that this house is probably going to go fast. So they want to see it sooner rather than later. So they have some time to think on it. So that's been something that's been nice is just like being confident enough just to ask them like, Hey, can you step away from work for an hour? Or can we go over a lunch break?
1: Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. I mean, <clears throat> cause yeah, we want to do right by our clients and you want them to have a remarkable experience, but, um, yeah, being, what did you say? Not frank. Confident. Confident enough to set some expectations on when is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy out there. And I think you are right. I think this summer's, the spring is going to be even crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I'd see anything quite like what we're seeing in the market. But, you know, there's plenty to celebrate about it, right? Like you guys are killing it. Selling a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any other secrets on how you're going to get that balance this year? I'm
0: trying to think.
1: It's just a mystery at this point. <laughs>
0: I should have more of a plan, huh? No. Uh, yeah, it's just the systems. I think we, we did a lot last year about just like documenting our processes and making it so that that helped Meredith, um, a lot in just learning the process and making sure that she didn't miss a step. Mm-hmm. So continuing to expand on the processes that we already have in place and templates and,
1: well, it's a big deal, Jess. And <clears throat> I, I've said this before as well, but, uh, uh, mom, realtors, uh, trying to juggle and balance those, especially those young years where you know your kids. It's just a very important, like you said, to be around for bedtime and bedtime routine. And I, my kids are sixteen and fourteen; they they're happy to not see me. <laughs> I have to like schedule time with them, <clears throat> but at, at those young years, balancing this crazy business and being a mom, it's a it's a big uh, it's a big challenge and it's a big uh, burden, I think. And so, I I really feel for you guys and it's uh admirable uh, i call it the work to be done like you don't have all the answers to it it is it's not a mystery it's just it's hard it's a challenge so yeah my hat off to you uh maybe there's more are there more coming can i ask that question on the podcast kids? yeah
0: i hope so is yeah plan? we'll see
1: <clears throat> yeah well they grow up and then one day they they don't need you for bedtime anymore yeah i promise um okay so let's dig into your recipe though i um. Well, let me just straight up ask the question. You've done super well. You know that, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to sell twelve houses a year, and last is, year I did over fifty. Is it hard so. for you
1: to say that you did super well? Kind of, a little yeah. bit. It looks like it is. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you don't have to say. I'm surprised
0: say it. every year. Um,
1: it's fun. Well, that's what makes you an A plus agent, right? Like you don't have huge. Uh, expectations you're just trying to do better and better and better and so you're getting great results and uh it's fun um but if you were to have to shrink it down to well what what do you think has made you successful then because you really have killed it in the last five six years um and it sounds like you're doing it with great roi uh, good balance and good it's your business you're not beholden to anybody else you're not having to buy this business anywhere and so what was the recipe for success? What are you doing right?
0: The biggest thing is just taking care of people and then reminding them that I work by referral. Not not in an annoying way, but just usually when I first meet with them, it's part of my consultation is telling them um, that I work by referral and why. So they hear it then. Um, it's included in some of those email templates that I mentioned, um, especially towards the end of the process when I'm asking for reviews and things like that. So they're hearing it there. And then another big part of my business has been social media. So like Instagram stories, I feel like became more popular right around the time I was getting started in real estate. Um, So that's a good way that I feel like I'm able to stay top of mind with my people is just showing what I'm doing every day think real estate's interesting they um, so they seem to like to follow along um, and then just sprinkling in there like how much I like working by referral and how great it is to work with people I know stay top of mind that way
1: okay so <clears throat> I think that that I mean obviously taking care of people is beautiful um, and I think you're sincere about that well you'd have to be sincere about it if you're not it doesn't work right you actually have to care But this um, reminding people that I work by referral. So one of the things I see a lot um, across the board is a lot of people working by referral, but they're afraid to inject that sentence in. You're saying at the the buyer consultation, and then you said throughout some of your template, uh, some of your communications, Mm -hmm. but you're saying even you're sprinkling it into your social media marketing. Yeah. I work by referral as a r- really Buffini-esque style reminder. Um, I see a lot of people afraid to do that. You're not.
0: Not in the ways that I do it. I, would, I am afraid to ask someone, like, hey, do you know anyone that's thinking about buying or selling real estate? Or even the question that Buffini encourages, like, hey, do you have a realtor that you'd recommend if someone asked? Like, if not, could I be that person? So the
1: mayor campaign is too, That's that feels too pushy for you. It does. But...
0: But including it at the end of an email, or like making a little comment at the end of a buyer consultation, or just including it in social media, I feel like that's indirect enough. That it doesn't come off too pushy. So how do it you make say me it? uncomfortable? Tell me how
1: you say it at your uh, buyer consultation.
0: Um, what do I say at my buyer consultation? With baby it's like been a while since i did a consultation <laughs> yesterday for the first one in a while and i was like wow i'm a little rusty um so it's usually around the time that i'm talking about asking for a review i say usually i make the connection how they were referred to me um i love referrals if you know anyone um Wait, send them.
1: but you're you're talking about reviews
0: yeah up front. <laughs> well, I'm not asking them to write one, um, but we have a little flyer that I include in my packet. You're and I, showing them yes, other reviews. and I say, I my goal is to do such a great job for you um, that you want to tell all your friends and family how great of a job I did for you because I do work by referral, Perfect. as you know, so-and-so referred. So uh, that's when they first hear <coughs> it, generally.
1: So I'm going to jump ahead here. I, I did something unique with you here. I actually jumped on your website and scrolled through your reviews. I don't know why it just happened. It was around the time I was stalking you on Facebook to see (laughs) what was going on in your life and what your daughter's name was. But so listen to this. Uh, This was uh, a can I name these people? Sure. Uh, Groper. Do you remember that client? Yeah. Jessica came highly recommended from three couples I know in the area that used her as a realtor. I mean, the rest is incidental, but she answered any questions I had as a first-time home buyer and some that I didn't even know that I had. There's something magical there. Um, her contacts within the industry gave us the inside track to a house that wasn't quite on the market yet, so we are able to act fast in this crazy market. Our overall, very smooth sailing, and I would highly recommend her services. But I highlighted, highly recommended from three couples that I know. So um, these subtle reminders and that conversation at the, um, at the buyer's presentation... Mm-hmm. Um, to get three different people to say, hey, here's someone that you should use in a social circle, that's quite a feat, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah.
1: So I guess just dig more into the subtle reminder thing. I'm looking for what's working there because obviously you're afraid to be, it sounds like you're afraid to be too solicitative on it, Mm -hmm. and yet the subtle reminders seem to be, at least according to that, working. Is there more to say there?
0: Not a whole lot more. But, yeah, Again, I write it in my cards, too. Like, I I do home anniversary gifts, um, and I usually include um, a summary of comparable sales. And at the end, I always end with, like, as always, let me know if you have any questions or if you or someone you know has any real estate needs. I'd love to help. Um, So, like, that's another way I do it. When I work with awesome people, I let them know, like, you're an awesome client. I love working with you. Can I duplicate you? Like, do you... (laughs) you know anyone like you um, so i guess i'm not afraid to ask like that way in kind of a joking manner um, just saying that i want to duplicate them you actually so that use works. that you say that i have said that it's really of times. good yeah and then i think to explaining to people why i work by referral like it's a lot more fun i'm able to provide you a much better service when i'm not chasing cold leads Some people, I explain that I did that in the beginning and how time-consuming it was. Um, So when I'm not doing that, I can provide you better service. And then also talking about the safety aspect of it. Um, I don't like working with those cold leads. It makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) So kind of explaining. And then people always are like, oh, yeah, I've never thought about that. But meeting a stranger in an empty house is probably a little uncomfortable. I'm like, yes, exactly. Please keep me busy so I don't have to do that.
1: I know you think that what you're saying is really simple and straightforward, <clears throat> but there's actually a lot of profound uh, insights there. Like even on the the safety example for do you did you go to the was it the psychology or the negotiation class? Did you do yeah, either of those? I did both of them? them. Yeah. Do you remember the because thing when the question was, "Can I jump the line to yes. photocopy?" Yeah. And they gave a good reason, a bad reason, and really no reason at all. But so long as they had the word because, it worked. Yeah. And the they got people to let them jump the line. Mm-hmm. Because is a powerful word. And so, you know, you're taking the time to, one, show testimonials, because that was another psycho- psychological force, right, um, of persuasion. You're showing social anecdotes of other people who have trusted you. You are providing frequent touch points on, on why is what you said. Why, like That referrals matter to you. You're explaining that the reason referrals matter is something that, is good for them. This is so I can do a better job for you. This is so that I could spend more of my time serving. I mean, this is Buffini through and through, right? That is what, not the mayor campaign, but that's what the referral dialogue says. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've modified it, but you're doing it, it's not verbatim, but you're playing by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you think you are. <laughs> I think you <laughs> think that you've modified it and you've like snuck around, but I think what you've done is you've personalized it. You've made it something that's within your comfort zone. But then even down to the because, it's better for me to, well, I, I would rather serve clients that I know, lack, and trust um, from a safety perspective, which is a because that they hear. And what goes through their mind when you say that? They're like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And nice. f- that's what I would want. And so there's something incredibly non-fancy about what you're talking about, but fundamentally just crucial in in the execution, right? So I think you're doing, a. a, a I don't know how to say this. You're doing a better job than I think you think you're doing on that stuff. Does that make any sense?
0: It does, yeah. And it's it's working, so it, is it working. must be, yeah.
1: Okay, so I, there's a lot there. I, I hear um, you, you've you implemented a system of reminding people to work by referral. You're taking care of people. Is there more to say on that? Like, Because I asked you what your secret sauce is. The first thing you said was taking care. Is there any magic there, or is that just about, caring or what does that mean?
0: Yeah, I think it it really does just come down to caring and either being an expert or asking questions or getting help from people who are experts so that you can feel like you're caring for them and advising them properly. Um, So I think it all goes together and comes down to care.
1: How how do I teach that or is that just innate? Is that just about us? Hiring people who are people who actually care?
0: I think it does, yeah. I agree. And I think we have a great group here of people that do care and want to do right by their clients.
1: I feel like that's half my job is to not be a gate- gatekeeper, but like I think what I do here is work to keep the right kind of mindset, vision, and focus in the walls and the wrong kind out. Because mm-hmm. people who really care, yeah, there's lots of different ways to do this. But when you really care, that you can find a way to do right by the client. So um okay and then social media that's just uh I mean you touched on it but you you're just um you're just putting it out there it doesn't sound like your goal is lead generation or anything like that social media is just anecdotally showing your activity to stay top of mind speak to that real exactly.
0: quick Exactly Yeah and the big, the thing I mentioned was Instagram stories just trying to show what I'm doing every day and I mentioned Instagram stories because I feel like that's what is working the best. Um, I have a lot of people that reach out over Instagram, like that review um, that you read, helping three couples, they were the fourth. They all went to my high school. They were all a year younger than me. I wasn't friends with any of them. Like we knew who each other were, but I never like hung out with them or anything. Um, But we followed each other on social media and they ended up reaching out over Instagram and got the conversation going. And that's how we ended up doing a buyer consultation and working together
1: i'm gonna read another one to you by the way were you around where we used to like share testimonials every week at team meetings we need to bring that back yeah um i think there's nothing more important there's no bigger accolade than those shout outs and so by the way do you share your testimonials frequently on social media
0: i do yeah mostly on my facebook page that's where i share them
1: i think it's powerful we need to uh, make sure we're all doing more of that but this was this was interesting this is on on new construction and I'm just curious, because this is a topic I think we need to all focus on more. Um, but this was a testimonial that said, uh, it sounds like an ad, unsure if you really need a realtor to buy a new construction.
0: <laughs> I think she works in marketing. <laughs> it
1: sounds like it. And then it goes on to say, trust me, you do. And you need Jessica. Her advocacy, honest opinions, and thorough communication made me feel much more confident in purchasing a new home. Jess is incredibly kind and patient. She never makes you feel like your question is silly or unimportant. Buying a home is exciting, but also stressful. Jess keeps everything on track, filling in the gaps when I was struggling, and ensuring the builder provided the quality home kept me sane and excited throughout the process. I recommend it to everyone looking to buy a home. This was Lexi. So. Yeah. Um, can you, on the new construction side, uh, Is there any secret sauce there? Uh, I've got this question that's burning always about how we make ourselves relevant in the new construction space. Because especially on the buyer side, uh, there's been times where builders have been like, oh, we'll just buy directly from us. And I think there's a ton of value in working with an agent, but a good one. Mm -hmm. So is there anything you're doing or any advice on buyers in the new construction space and how you're navigating that?
0: Thoughts? So most of the buyers that I've worked with that have went the new construction route, it's been either they haven't built before, whether it's their first home or their second home, it's their first time building or going through that process, even if it's a spec. Um, So they don't know what to expect. Um, And I do think it's super valuable to have a realtor on their side that's been through the process that knows what's normal, what to expect, what to ask for. Um, Was this
1: a spec or was this a build?
0: That was a spec. Yep. Um, Yeah. It was like a drywall stage when she found it.
1: So you were involved in selections and stuff like that or did the builder handle it?
0: She only got to make a handful of selections. Most of them had been ordered.
1: So what do you think you did right here?
0: I think just telling her what to expect and advising her on what I would do um, throughout the process. like with an inspection. Like a lot of people think, oh, I don't need to do an inspection on new construction. And I could maybe under, understand why they think that, but just telling them, hey, I think it would be worthwhile for peace of mind, even if they don't find anything or you'll learn a lot through the process, having the inspector talk through your new home with you, holding the builder accountable reviewing everything that they have I'm signing off on just having another person double check especially with new construction there's just so much to keep track of um that I think it can quickly become like a part-time job for the buyer
1: I don't know if you see what I see when <clears throat> you answer that way but uh what I um it sounds like you struggle maybe to articulate some of the value that you actually present but when I hear you and you just nodded by the way for anyone <laughs> listening um but I don't think you understand how valuable just being another voice that says, Oh no, I would do that. And, and this is what people are looking for. They're looking for a trusted advisor or a guide. And I think that's my story with you as an A plus agent. Like I think that you, there's nothing super duper fancy, but what you are is you care. You're a trusted guide and an advisor. And you're not afraid to say, no, I, I think you should do that. I remember one of the most powerful scripts I learned early on, more in the converter space, was from Floyd Wickman. And it was in, in just touring the home and stuff. And when buyers say, like, or in the listing presentation, should we, should we leave the blinds or should we leave that? And the script, the whole script was, I would. And it's just um, people are looking for someone else that's been there before or knows a little bit more than them to affirm or just help them know that they're making a smart decision. Mm -hmm. And if you care um, and your real goal is to work by referral with people and you're just providing that source of uh, stability, comfort, Mm -hmm. like along the way, I think that that's infinitely more valuable than you might actually think it is. Or people might downplay how valuable that is. Does that make any sense? It does. Yeah. I think you're doing something quite remarkable just in that. And I think the lesson on my side is like, yeah, sometimes the magic isn't, it just doesn't look very magic. Mm-hmm. It's just the basics. Yeah. You speak to that? Am I am I close?
0: I, I think so. Yeah, it is just the basics. Like her saying it, it never felt like my question was silly. Like most of the times their questions aren't silly. It's just telling them like, no, that's a, a great question. We yeah. should ask that. Um, and not being afraid to ask questions or push back on a builder a little bit if something seems a little off or asking why um, just being an advocate for them
1: yep that's the word advocate Um, I've got another one here that's on negotiation do you consider yourself a good negotiator
0: I feel like I should say yes if any future client listens to this but I No, I don't really think of myself as being a great negotiator. Again, I think it goes back to just caring about people.
1: I don't think you think of yourself as a great any of these things. (laughs) But what I'm telling you is that I think you are. Um, This was uh, Jessica reminds me of those real estate agents that you only see in movies. (laughs) 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 Extremely knowledgeable and an incredible negotiator. I couldn't be happier with my new house and uh, all this thanks to her. I strongly recommend her. This was Anthony. Do you remember that deal?
0: I do, yeah. Why
1: does Anthony think you're a great negotiator?
0: That was on a for sale by owner. So we (laughs) might have had a little bit easier of a time negotiating with someone who doesn't do it on a regular basis. Um, So, yeah, he was able to get a good deal. I think part of the negotiating kind of goes back to my accounting background Mm -hmm. um, and just processing the numbers and also always thinking about, like, if these people call me in a year – Am I going to be able to sell their house and have them make money or have it be a good investment? Um,
1: Which sounds like caring to me. I mean, that's somebody else said that recently. Like, this is a house that, it was Jason. Mm -hmm. Uh, This house, a couple years from now, I might need to resell. So I care that they actually get a good buy.
0: Right. Yeah. And sometimes, I think in the beginning, I almost like, it was almost to a fault. What do you mean? (laughs) Where I would almost be like talking people out of a house because Uh. i was so nervous about them overpaying and what i found is like sometimes especially in this market like you might have to overpay a little bit and if if you want the house and you see yourself being there long term that's okay or just if you want the house you don't even have to see yourself there long term um but just making sure that i present all of the information tell them the range that i think is appropriate um and why and letting letting them decide
1: yeah that's actually uh, it's that's common and it's, I think it starts with us thinking that price is always the most important thing. Right? Um, overpay is a very like a relative term, right? Like uh, I'll pay a lot of premium for certainty or comfort or peace of mind. Right.
0: Everyone values different things, and
1: well, and I think we need to remember that actually most buyers value those things above a few thousand dollars. Sometimes right. we make it more about the money than it needs to be. Yep. And they just want to. They just want to get. Into their new home mm-hmm. so um no i thought that was worth bringing up uh, i've got one more for you i know it's awkward but i think it's kind of fun just because i i think all this ties into what i think your story is um this is on the basics so because i think there's about seven or eight things that are said in this one this is from liz also in ankeny jessica jessica came highly recommended from a good friend so we knew we again Came recommended from a friend. Um, so we knew we had to reach out to her to get things started. Jessica was quick to act when we described what we were looking for. Um, quick to act, I think, is something to think about. And provided us with multiple options and helpful information. Anytime we had questions during our purchase process, she got the answers we needed. She was extremely easy to work with, quick to respond, worked hard, and always with a smile. I think that's, uh, that's your archetype right there, by the way. Um, we would recommend just to anyone. Uh, yeah. The reason I bring these up is I think you've just done a really, really, really good job on, it's not even about the basics or the fundamentals. I think it's about the, the elements of the transaction that are just about people and caring. I think you make people feel at peace. Um, and I think that's worth pointing out because I I want our team, I want our agents to understand that because we got all sorts of agents here and some of them are doing some fancy stuff on Zillow or fancy stuff with teams or there's all sorts of fancy and it's, that's great. Like I celebrate what they're doing. And then there's another way about this, which is just steady, right? Every year has been better is what you said. Um, and I think you've just executed on some of the things that maybe aren't as flashy, but are the things that actually matter to people. And so I think that's a great way to build a business. Um, Respond to that.
0: Yeah, most people we work with, it's um, the biggest transaction that they've done in their life or will do in a while, Um, so they they can be nervous or uneasy. So just being the steady um, voice through it all, I think, is important. Um, And presenting them the facts and the pros cons, and if they ask you what would you do, being honest with them, um, I think that goes a long way. And I think something else that I've learned over the years is. Like there is a lot that's out of our control. So there's, it's not worth like getting worked up over it. Um, just control what you can control.
1: What were you thinking of when you said that? Like what's, what's an example?
0: Just when there would be like an unreasonable agent or seller buyer on the other side, like stressing about that or having like a, a lender or another agent drop the ball on something. And I mean, I've dropped the ball too. And I, um, own that when it happens and I'm honest with people. Um, But when it's outside of my control, just not getting worked up or like creating drama or talking badly about the other person, just explaining this is where we're at. These are our options. How would you like to proceed? Um, And being okay with whatever the client wants to do. I think sometimes, too, I hear agents that are like so upset that they're losing a deal and that's not what it's about if you do a good job for people there will probably be another deal or they'll refer you people so it's just doing right by the client
1: really good and back to what you said at the first part there I I I think we see a lot of agents they get so emotionally caught up in the sale or the process or their ego even that they actually make a deal uh, an issue a bigger issue Mm -hmm. because now it's personal to them and now they're pissed off with the agent and they convey that in the messaging back to their client Mm -hmm. and and they get more worked up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, it sounds like what you're saying. And I totally agree. Our, our job's to be the, well, someone describes this well, the eye in the storm, right? Like the, it's the calm in the middle of the tornado or the, <laughs> the hurricane. Um, there's craziness everywhere around us. And we can't get sucked into that. Mm-hmm. We've got to be the, the rock or the steady, um, the one steady thing in this person's life as they're going through this crazy transaction. Um, I think that's probably something you do pretty well. And that's why she mentions always with a smile. I think uh, I think we need to remember that our clients are in a v- very volatile space. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of our job is just to say, I would. Yes. And keep it steady and keep it simple stupid. I wrote that down here as I was listening to you talk. Keep it simple and just guide them to the next step. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. Um, well, okay, let's uh, – man, it's I can't believe it's been – an hour and five already. That went super quick. It did. So let me close out with some, quicker than you thought?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, close out with some rapid fire for you. And uh, I think there's a, a lot of great stuff in here. But uh, So what would you say, and we've kind of alluded to this, but maybe you've got a different answer altogether. Rapid fire, what would you say makes a great agent? Caring. Straight up? Yes. Is there anything more to say there? No? Just care, stupid?
0: pretty much yeah we're work hard um yeah always take the high road
1: i'm i'm afraid i'm gonna get the i love that by the way i'm afraid i'm gonna get the same answer what's the most important contributing factor to your success
0: yeah again probably caring
1: i love this (laughs) i feel like the title here is gonna have something to do with care bears did you watch (laughs) that as a kid by the way i did not no sorry i'm dating myself do you even know what it is
0: I know what care bears are, but yeah, I never had a stuffed animal or watch the show.
1: I don't want to associate that. Thing. <laughs> We're going to move on. Um, uh, six years in, where you're at, is there something that you wish you had understood sooner? What have you figured out now that would have been really, really helpful in your first year or two?
0: I think just trusting um, that if you do take care of people, that the working by referral thing does work. Yeah. Um, like there, there are even times in the first couple of years where... I would feel slow and I would consider like buying leads or I would start doing more open houses and trying to get people that way um, because I was worried that the working mm-hmm. by referral thing wasn't going to work. So just trusting in the process and continuing um, to take care of people and doing those calls notes and pop by's when I have the slow times and also enjoying the slow times, which it's hard in the beginning um, because you feel like the business is never coming back and then I think I mentioned this earlier, like when it rains, it pours, then all of a sudden you're so busy. Like you would love to have one of those slower days.
1: That is like completely a plague in real estate and we're all trying to work on it, but like top to bottom, that's where everyone's at. And it's literally like one week of not craziness and people start to get a little antsy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a disease, but I think it's part of what makes us So fun as well. And I love what you said there. Enjoy the slow times. Are there any um, secrets to doing that? Like, have you figured out how to accomplish that better? Or is it Mm -hmm. just reminding ourselves about it more?
0: Right. That's something I want to work on this year. Um, But I think knowing, like, what times of years are, what times of the year slower and, like, taking advantage of those times to go on vacation Um, or even if you can't, like, plan on, a time being slower, taking a vacation and just having a good agent that does things similar to how you do them, have them cover for you. I think that that's key.
1: Yeah, the vacation thing is huge, but you you really have to be intentional about like looking at the calendar year way in advance and scheduling it because otherwise there's always going to be some buyers or a seller or there's some reason not to take time off if you're just doing it in real time.
0: Yeah.
1: It's always business. Right. And somehow you have to yeah, take advantage of the seasons. Yeah. I heard Megan say the other day, this is the last January that she's uh, going to be in town. She's Yeah, to get that. Yeah. Well, it's easier to say <laughs> than do. <laughs> right. Um,
0: yeah, I know a realtor that does that goes to Florida for the month of January every year.
1: So. I, that's like the, the stereotypical old school realtors. Like yeah. I always picture these, you know, 1980s realtors, big poofy hair, and they're gone December, yeah. January, and February.
0: Yeah.
1: I've never pulled that off.
0: Right. <laughs> I kind of think about that, like, on a smaller scale, just, like, when it is a little bit slower of a time, um, trying to get, like, all the work done on a certain day. So, like, if you're going to have client meetings over the weekend or showing, like, trying to pack them all into Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon so that Sunday is a day off um, or throughout the week, too.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's back to, I mean, both intentionality, but what you said right. earlier, confidence, the confidence to be able to draw lines with your clients and say, look, obviously in the first year, you got to do everything you can to get whatever you can. But when you're at your level, I, I, you never want to not do right by every client, mm-hmm. but you got to do right by you and your family too. And, and really first, right? right? So whether it's the vacations or for you, bedtime. I always think of Jared, you know, um, his kids are a little older, but one of the things he and Stephanie committed to early, early on was he was going to be home for dinners mm-hmm. and he would even, did you, do you remember the story? Did you hear that?
0: I did hear this. Yes. Yeah.
1: Cause he would, uh, he would commit to being home for dinner and then sometimes after dinner, go back and do the showings at like yeah. seven, eight at night. But yeah, uh, time blocking and, and making the commitments to the stuff that's most important first is a huge discipline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially as you, uh, yeah, with younger families. and um, Okay, uh, success for you. What defines success for you? Uh, did you read The Gap in the Gain by any chance? No. that's okay. It's okay. We give you guys a lot of stuff. But one of the things in there that Ethan mentioned a while back was defining your own success. Um, super powerful chapter. Uh, what's success for you this year?
0: Real estate-wise, taking care of the people I know and the people that are referred to me taking care of Meredith, making sure that she likes her job and wants to stay with me um, because she's been such an asset. Uh, But then also spending a lot of time at home um, and being intentional with that time, not being distracted. Like, yeah, I don't want my daughter to grow up with mom always looking at her phone or her computer Mm. um, or needing to drag. I know she'll be attending some showings and things like that, uh, but not dragging her along to too much that she thinks my job's the worst. You know,
1: <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think them coming along, I, I bet they'll have great memories about that. Yeah. I bet they'll love it.
0: I think it can be fun as long as it's not too much. And I think it can also be fun to the client, especially when you're working by referral and they know you. Like, Yes. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I love kids. Maybe other people won't like my kid as much as I think, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think well, for the most part, they'll like meeting her.
1: There's a balance, right? <laughs> yeah. But the right kind of people understand. And it doesn't yeah. sound like you're doing that every time. It's right. just when when needed. And yeah. I think we've got to give ourselves a little grace on some of that stuff. And if we're working with good people by referral, most of them do understand. And yeah, you've got a lot to balance. And yeah, I, I, uh, I think we're harder on ourselves and some of that stuff than we need to be. But how about three years from now? If we go out three years, so that takes us, holy cow, that's 2025. So it's no, 2026, five. My math's terrible. So <laughs> we're out three years from now looking back. Uh, what's changed? Uh, what have you accomplished for you to be happy with your progress?
0: Gosh, I would be happy if I could have a year like last year while balancing being a wife and a mom. Um, if I could just keep doing that as long as I'm working, I would be happy. You know that's not a great answer no. and I keep talking about this balance that I don't really know how to define or how I'm gonna get um
1: you're not alone you're not alone no I I there's so much in how you answer I mean you know what's missing in your answers what anything about production anything about numbers anything and when I say it's missing I don't mean that in a bad way what I mean is other than like well it's your whole story I was trying to get 12 and other than that what you've done is you've focused on people you have focused on caring and you have focused on trying to be there for your family as well now mm-hmm. and if you just keep putting in those inputs you're going to create problems for yourself because you're going to end up with more business than you know what to do with and you're going to have to figure out how to expand your team maybe and but if you keep doing right by people and you keep reminding them that you work by referral like i just don't have any doubts just that the, the business will keep showing up because that's what everybody's actually looking for no one looking to buy or sell a house is looking for anything fancy. They're looking for someone who cares, that has their back, that says, I would or I wouldn't, and creates stability. That's the eye of the storm for them, that helps them navigate this. Uh, they're looking for someone that they can trust and lean on. So, I no, I love your responses. You don't need to apologize for them. <laughs> I think you're doing something right. So. Um, no, I like your three, three years out. One more question and I promise I'll let you go. So, um, in the biggest multipliers. So I love this multipliers question for me. This is like, if you did these things they would have the biggest impact, the biggest impact in your business or space or life. So give me one or two practical things that you think you need to be executing on in the next year that are going to have the biggest impact in you moving forward. Can you think of that?
0: Yeah, I think I already touched on it. Okay those looms videos, um, yep. rather than spending 30 minutes talking through the paperwork every time I have someone writing an offer, um, first sending them a video, it's good. talking them through the offer right after um, the buyer consultation. That's not the only example, but just anytime something can be templated or recorded, providing yep. that.
1: The phrase I have for that is, it's from the e Revisited, great book, um, systematize the predictable so that you can humanize the experience. I love we're, that. We're not trying to build systems for the sake of the system. We're trying to, the things that are routine, that we know are going to happen, the questions that we know are going to come up, how do we build a system to cover those so that we can be focusing on the human element of the sale or the transaction or life? Um, so that's your biggest one. Yep. Love it. So when we talk in a year, we'll find out how you've done on uh, on that. We're going to
0: talk again in a year.
1: We're, we're going to talk again whenever you want. but. <laughs> Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people in our team and a lot of interesting stories, but it seems to me that every year we should at least run through the top, you know, 10, 15, 20 agents and find out what they're doing and what they're working on because uh, I know you don't want to brag and I know most of our top people are pretty humble, but you're doing something right and I think every one of you have got a slightly different story and everyone's got a lot to learn from that. So, um. Yeah, the only, I'm going to close with this because it was the most fun thing you said. Um, Yeah, you want to duplicate your, you said you want to duplicate your A plus clients, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, if I can, if I can duplicate you, I would do that. So um, if you got any uh, friends or cousins or whoever (laughs) that want to get into real estate, um, uh, we'll take them. So uh, congratulations on a good year and uh, I'll let you have the last say and then we'll. We'll close it out.
0: Thank you. This wasn't so bad.
1: I told you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, fun fun times ahead. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.